Welcome to Creativity Talks with me, Susan Yates, artist, author, and creative entrepreneur. This show discusses topics around my fundamental belief that everyone is creative. Each week through mindset talks, listener questions, and guest interviews, I will help to inspire you and bring creativity into your daily life. So grab a cuppa, sit back and relax, and let's get stuck in. Well, hello, everybody, and a huge welcome back to Creativity Talks. Thank you so much for joining me today as we talk about a subject related to creativity. Now, today, what I wanted to explore is a little bit about productivity, an element of time management, and also goal setting for creatives. Essentially, what I want to do is answer the question that gets fired at me quite a lot is, how do you manage so many projects? How do you do so many things? How can you be writing a book, doing a podcast, teaching people, running a pottery cafe? How do you manage all of these things? You know, you must get no sleep. There must be a hidden Susan somewhere in your pocket that sleeps and you tag team and you come out and you do all this stuff. Um, Sometimes I I hugely wish I had a a hidden Susan, a number two that would, you know, come up and, you know, take it in turns and and run it whilst I'm having sleep. That would be amazing. Imagine the stuff you'd get done if you had a a doppelganger, a second person that was able to pick up the reins when, when you were having your rest. And... I think this is a really great topic for creatives because it's almost like the absolute opposite to creativity is being organised. And it's actually not because I I feel that I need to have all my ducks in a row. I need to be slightly organised to be able to create. I need to create space to create. But certainly if you're running a creative business or you intend to do something in a creative field where you earn money from it part time, full time, it's important to have an element of structure, organisation and planning, just like you would in any other job, role, position and career. It's no different being a creative to doing any other job. There still needs to be an element of achievement, an element of organisation. It just perhaps works in a little bit of a different way. So I'm hoping that this episode is another opportunity for me to introduce myself to you a little bit better so you get to know me. Obviously, you hear me talk every week on certain subjects related to creativity, and I have been incredibly lucky to interview some wonderful people over the past few weeks about creativity and obviously some of my views and little tidbits about what I do get thrown into the conversation. So let me backtrack and... I'll let you know the things I do and then what I'll go back and do is explain different elements of how I goal set and how I organise the things that really help me to stay on track, to stay focused and to achieve creatively the things I want to achieve. Um, So first of all, I run two separate, entirely separate businesses. The first is a pottery cafe, which is a limited company, which basically means it's an official company if you're not from the UK and don't have that same kind of incorporation. Um, And I run this with a good friend, so I'm a partner in the business and we have a number of staff and we also have an actual shop. So we have a bricks and mortar premises, which unfortunately has been closed for around a year's worth of the 18 months of lockdown. We're now touch wood fully open again and trading and we have customers in so that is one business that business is generally when it's running normally open six days a week 
but I don't work in the shop six days a week. So that's business number one. Business number two is what is fondly referred to now as Team Susan. And this is me as an independent artist creating work, selling work, selling courses, writing podcasts, writing books, and it's everything that I do personally as an artist. It technically is called Susan Yates, artist and lives at susanyates.co.uk. But myself and a wonderful lady called Natalie, a good friend and also a freelancer that now works for me, we call it Team Susan. Um, it seems slightly easier to say than saying Susan Yates artist each time we refer to the business. And this business is a, it's, it's a sole tradership. So it's just me as the business. And through that business, I have written five, I'm coming up to my sixth book on art. I run this podcast. I teach. So I teach a number of online courses. I used to run a lot of face-to-face -face workshops, but that has been on pause recently due to COVID. So I teach. I teach lots of courses and um, workshops and things like that and have a sketching membership. I run an annual 30-day sketchbook challenge as well. So that business, and, and also I produce prints and work. So you can buy things that I've made, prints, sketches, um, etc, etc on my website. So that has a number of different things. Education in the form of courses, books, sketchbook challenges, and then products that I make. And that is what I get up to. So there is quite a lot encompassed within that. And it is, of course, very difficult to balance the two things. And I work full time on this. So I work full time hours, roughly, give or take. It's a little bit variable because I don't work a usual nine to five schedule. And I balance the two businesses pretty much 50-50. So I split my time between the two. Now, the first thing I want to touch on when I'm talking about managing businesses and projects and creative things, and it can feel incredibly overwhelming when you look at all of these things and how do you do this, that and the other, when you've got something else to schedule, ah, where do you even start? For me, the most important thing to do when you're talking about creative projects, when you're running a creative business or thinking about venturing into running your own business or starting a business in a creative field is setting yourself goals. And this is a biggie for me. I personally set goals twice a year. Um, the reason I do this is I like to set goals at the beginning of the year, like most people do, New Year's resolutions, goals for the, you know, the actual calendar year. But my birthday falls in August. And I always set myself goals on my new year, which is my birthday. So it does fit roughly into, and it's the end of August, which fits in nicely to sort of the, the, the start of a school year starting September. And it's kind of like a new academic year. So new academic year, round about my birthday, and January is where I set goals for the next period coming. Usually I set them for the year ahead, but then when I come to the next goal setting session, I adjust and I... Um, you know, I adjust them basically. So I tend to set goals for the year ahead. I do have sort of long-term goals, sort of five-year goals, three-year goals, things that are on my hit list for the future, but things that I can actually get cracking on now and work on and achieve are usually annual goals. So I start with the big dreams. I think about the big dreams, the big goals, what I want to do. I work on a little mind map. So I put, you know, goals, I write it on a bit of paper and I 
I brainstorm and I think about all the potential options and I think about all these great big dreams and then I break this down into what can I actually do in the next year. So I'll give you an example. One of the goals that I had for 2021 was to reach a target of 10,000 followers on Instagram and I'm very lucky to have achieved that this year already and I knew that I could achieve it because I was just under just under 5,000 when I set the goal at the end of 2020, in December 2020, I set the goal and that was one of the things I wanted to do for that business. I also set myself targets for um, number of people I want to buy courses or number of courses I want to create or I want to write a book this year. And again, that is another goal that is on my list and that I've achieved. The one thing I'm very wary of is setting... I don't want to set too many goals. So I always set between three and six goals for the year. And that is it. That's about one every two months to achieve. And that gives me space to focus on them and do them well. So I would suggest that for any given year, between three and six major goals is what you want to be achieving. And they need to be things that you can really strive for and achieve. Like for me, writing a book, getting my next book published, Mine won't actually be published this year, but I'm writing it this year. And that's a year to two year long project. But my part of it is done this year. And then it will go into production and et cetera, et cetera, ready for next year. So the first thing when you're looking to organize yourself creatively and get things done and work on exciting creative projects and give yourself space for exciting creative projects is set yourself some goals. So even if this isn't a business of yours, you're not doing this to sell work, to earn money, you're doing this just as a pure hobby and fun, you can still set yourself a goal. Your goal this year might be, I want to learn how to use watercolour, or I want to produce three paintings, or I want to crochet a single great big giant blanket. Whatever it might be, if it's a, a skill learning thing, if it's uh, producing a number of work, or if it's you know going to attend a workshop, set yourself those goals and then there's half a chance you might achieve them. From there, my next step would be, and this is something I learned from a very wonderful, talented teacher, a lady called Bonnie Christine, who teaches about surface pattern design. Um, her particular method of annual planning just seem to light up things for me and make things make sense. So annual planning. And what I mean by this is basically getting a calendar for the year from January to December and starting to fit those goals into those different areas. But the other thing that we do with the annual planning is we block out time for things like school holidays, family time, breaks when you're away, and this for me is incredibly useful at making sure that the two businesses I run are in synergy. So for example, when my pottery cafe is very busy, which is summer holidays, half terms and Christmas, I kind of cross those areas out of my annual calendar as busy here. And I put it as fired frog time. I'm there. That's my focus for that month is that's a busy time of year. That's a bit so August and December are almost purely for the Pottery Cafe because it's busy. Half term weeks, again, the same. And then I set in holidays with family. So all that sort of stuff that is a non-movable feast, but super important, gets written down next. Once I've set those things in the annual calendar, I can then see some gaps. I'll usually see around 
three to six gaps. And guess where those goals go? Those goals go in those three to six gaps across the year. So what I will do is then I'll then pencil in a month or two to do something. So if I want to write a course, a new course, and I want to launch it and advertise it to people and have people join me on the course, I need to set aside probably two months, one month for course creation and another month for um, editing and marketing. And so what I will do is I'll slot that in to my annual calendar at a time that makes sense. So a time when I'm not busy with family commitments and a time when I'm not busy at my physical pottery cafe. And then I've got an annual plan. I have 12 months of the year, usually with something in every month-ish, sometimes there's a bit of a gap, and I'll talk about creating space just slightly later on in the podcast. And I've got my annual plan. And then I can start to break things down by months and weeks. Okay, so just to recap, the two things I've talked about so far is creating your goals. And I also love doing vision boards. If you've ever heard of a vision board or you've been curious about it, do go and have a little Google and look up vision boards because a visual creative, it's basically a big piece of paper or a big board where you stick visual clues, reminders and hints as to what you want to achieve. So if your goal was to learn how to um, do portrait painting in oil paints, you might want to, you know, stick some oil paint on there, stick a, draw a paintbrush on there, um, take, you know, put pictures of portraits on there. So you've got a visual, I want to do this on there. So vision boarding is also a really great way to do it, as is journaling. So set your goals and then start to look at your annual planning. Plan yourself for the year. Before I did annual planning, I would find that two or three months of the year would be absolutely mental. I would have about six different projects on the go and I would absolutely burn out. Whereas when you plan annually, you fit things in that are important, your big goals, into the spaces that you have in your time. So it's about being efficient. And it's about generally then only putting in the important stuff. You've got your few goals, not too many, and then you can fit those in. And of course, we're creatives. We have lots of ideas, lots of things you want to achieve. I just have a little notebook and in that notebook, I put other goals and things that are saved for later. It's absolutely fine to save for later. So after annual planning comes kind of monthly, weekly, general day-to-day planning. And for this, I kind of work on a, it's a little bit bullet journaling, but not true to the actual bullet journal. And I have been doing this for around six or seven years. So I think before bullet journal was a thing or I'd known about it, I have one portable notebook that everything goes in. It's my diary, it's my notebook, my bullet journal, my calendar, it's everything for the year. And it's just simply a notebook. It is absolutely nothing special. A bit like a bullet journal that's just a a book that you write everything in. That's what I work with. The reason I have this rather than some of these beautiful planning um, books that you can get as creatives that will, you know, have all the calendars and they're just not portable. I, because I work from different venues, Previously, I used to be teaching. Obviously, I've got my pottery cafe. I've got a home studio. I'm around in different venues. I need a portable note-taking thing where everything is written down. And I have one for each year. So everything is in there. All businesses, personal stuff, 
um, professional stuff, notes, ideas go in this one notebook. And in there, I can then plan out what my goals are for the week. And then I break that down into between one to three things per day that I absolutely must do. So the really important things for that day. I obviously have the massive long to-do list that get transferred every day to the next day. That's I'm a bit of a list maker and lists and writing things down are so essential to not forgetting things and for making sure that things are recorded. And my brain comes up with lots of ideas. I have lots of ideas as creatives will usually do. And the thing that helps me to get those things out of my brain to quieten the mind so that I can focus on something when I want to. So if I'm doing a drawing, if I'm doing a print, if I'm filming a course, if I'm recording a podcast, I need to focus. I need to focus for a good hour or two on that. I can't be letting all of these random thoughts fly about my brain. And that's what this notebook is for. It's a, it's a way of me brain dumping. It's a way of me getting these ideas out of my head and putting them on paper. And then I know that at any point, if I think, oh, I had this idea for a new print or I had this idea for a course, what was it? I can go back to my notebook, refer back and it's all there. And my brain can relax. It's not having to remember all of these thoughts. So I'm a great big fan of a weekly notebook. Maybe it has a calendar in it. Um, sometimes I have a separate calendar. It varies every year. I, I change my mind and like the wind, but generally everything is in this one notebook. I have my weekly plan, the things I need to achieve for that week. And yes, things get moved across, as I've mentioned already. And I have, you know, one to three things a day have to be done. The important bits, the things that will help me achieve my goals. Sometimes these aren't the, my favourite things to do, but because I'm treating my creativity seriously, because I run this as a business, because I want to achieve my goals, I have to do sometimes things that aren't my favourite thing to do. I would happily sit here and paint and create and do all the wonderful creative things all the time, but I'm also aware that if I create a course, I need students. I need to find students. Students need to find me. So there's an element of I need to do some marketing. I have to send emails, all of those things. And I don't mind most of it, but um, it's important that these things get done. So they need to be prioritised, noted down and achieved. Now, one thing I have touched on, um, but I haven't gone into detail, I sort of vaguely mentioned it in passing a moment ago, was about time blocking. And lots of people do this. It's a fairly recognised or well understood concept. But basically, I run my working day in blocks of time because I don't work nine to five. So an example week for me would be I have Monday off, family day. Tuesday, I might focus on Team Susan. I have three time blocks to work. Wednesday, Team Susan, three time blocks to work. Thursday, I might do half a day and then I might be working in the evening at my pottery cafe. Friday, I work at the pottery cafe and every other weekend, I also work at the pottery cafe. Um, or I used to do face-to-face -face workshop teaching at weekends sometimes too. So I aim to work five days a week, but it's not Monday to Friday, nine till five. It's split across days and sometimes evenings. So for example, on a weekday, I might work the morning 
have the afternoon to do family or house stuff and then I might come back to my studio for the evening for an hour and a half to two hours. So a time block for me is between one and two hours roughly. So in a day where I've got, you know, I've dropped my little girl off to school, I come back to the studio, I might do an hour and a half, two hours, and that would give me time to film some videos for my membership or create a podcast or create a piece of art. I'd have a good amount of time to do something that is that requires depth, that requires focus. And some creative activities require you to get in the zone. I certainly find that, and especially with things like um, creating podcasts and creating art. Like if I need to create a, you know, a full one page sketch and video myself creating it for tuition, I need a block of time to get into that. I need to get into my zone. I need to focus. I can't do 10 minutes, go away, come back, 10 minutes, go away, come back. For me, for creative activities, one to two hours is essential for me to really achieve and really get in the zone. So I like to have around three time blocks per day. And in that time block, something really important is being done or achieved. And usually at least one of those time blocks is a creative activity. And for me, I I class creative activities as filming videos, creating art, writing for my book, creating for a podcast, videoing, that kind of thing. It wouldn't be marketing, replying to emails. I, I That's not, for me, a creative activity. So at least one time block a day is a creative activity, and then usually one, maybe two, to alternative activities. Sometimes two are creative. It depends on the day. But in those time blocks, stuff gets done. And the stuff that gets done is usually the stuff that's in my one to three things that must be done that day. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, I certainly find that for creative activities, you need a good block of time to achieve things. As I said, five minutes of something, go away, come back again. If I'm interrupted, it breaks my flow of thought. It breaks the kind of chain of creativity. You need to ring fence that time. Um, So time blocking, that's really helpful. The other thing that I do is I also lean into my personal time preferences. And what I mean by this is I am a night owl. And a night owl means that I am more creative and I am more awake, things are firing in the afternoon and the evening. So I have to lean into that. So I will always do administration, marketing, accounts, things that don't require my creative brain in the morning. That will usually be my first thing that I do. I leave creative activities for afternoons and evenings. I just do them better. You know, if you're somebody that's great in the mornings and that is your time, I would suggest that you put your creativity time blocks to the morning. If you're good in the morning, if you want to get up and have this, you know, the the fresh dew and the the sun shining in through your window you've got your you know you drink for the morning you're set up for the day and you just get straight on with your painting and you have to do that for example first thing roll with it do it don't listen to me me and my uh, three espressos before I'm conscious um, uh, person so I you know I can sit and reply to emails respond to course comments I can update um courses, websites, I can do all of this stuff that needs to be done but doesn't require my creativity 
I can get it done in the morning. And I often get it done quicker because I don't overthink because I'm sort of half asleep. So I lean into those time preferences. Another little time preference for me and my studio personally is that the light is better in the studio in the afternoon and because I do a lot of filming and I do a lot of art where you need natural light to be able to see the colours I tend to find that doing creative things whether it's painting, printing, filming, filming me teaching it, it just works better in the afternoon and the same applies to taking photographs of products that I'm selling of work that I'm creating the light is better in the afternoon, so there's no point me attempting to do things in the morning. So lean into your time preferences. If you like working in the evening, like I probably at least once a week will shut myself in my studio after dinner, after little one's gone to bed, and the house is quiet, it's dark outside, I put on really lovely lights, I often grab myself a glass of wine and I'll just make something. I will just go, right, I've got time to do something. Sometimes that something is related to my business. I might be printing some sketchbooks to go on my website. I might be painting a demonstration or it might be just purely for fun. I'm doodling, I'm painting, I'm sewing myself a new dress or a skirt, but I'll set aside one evening a week roughly for just something for creativity and making stuff. That's really enjoyable. And then the other thing I wanted to touch on, and probably the final thing really, because I've covered quite a lot of ground within this episode today, is about creating space in your day, your week, and your year. Creating and giving yourself a bit of space means that you're giving yourself a buffer. A buffer for when you're tired, a buffer for when you catch a cold, a buffer for when your kids are ill, when you decide you want to take on a random creative project, you've got the space to do it. And I really love this. And this is the one thing I am working on because I'm rubbish at this creating space. I love doing stuff. I love being busy. I love my business. I love everything about it. I would I would be here from nine in the morning till nine at night and probably later if I could. But from experience and to prevent burnout and to stop me from getting too tired personally and so that I, you know, see my friends and family, I create space. So on a daily basis, this looks like I attempt to make sure I get a lunch break every day or I go for a walk. So me and my other half will go for a walk or a little jog or we'll go and have, you know, we often will set aside um, like a date time, like lunch once a week where we go out to a cafe and we sit and have lunch together and we come away from work. So that's how space looks on a daily basis. On a sort of weekly, monthly, annual basis, I don't plan all my time blocks, for example. So say I'm working five days one week, I don't fit something into every single time block. I kind of leave myself a couple completely free to spontaneously do something. And I think it's really important when you're when you are creative is to give yourself space to roll with those creative ideas. So if I suddenly get uber inspired and I want to roll away with a creative project but oh I can't because today I've got to record this podcast send this email and you know record this video it can be really frustrating so it is important within any given week and certainly within any given month I have space and this will really help you to number one achieve more because you'll be able to take up those random creative projects or ideas that come up 
you'll be able to kind of if you know if uh, one thing that I quite like is give myself space to study to learn and to read so there's always space within my day and my week to read if I find a new online course on something I personally want to learn I've usually got space to pick it up and pop it into my month so creating yourself some space will give yourself time to do the fun stuff to fit in those fun spontaneous projects and the creative play that we've talked about in previous episodes of creativity talks but the other thing is as i've mentioned that space will give you a buffer so for example if i get a cold i can't record podcasts if i have a cough i can't record videos and i lost my voice a couple of months ago and i was due to record Um, some videos for my sketching membership where I'm teaching various different things and sketching different themes each month and that was okay because I had a buffer I had an extra week so I just didn't record anything that week I did other projects I actually did loads of art because I didn't need to talk to you know paint in a sketchbook and make stuff and I put that off till the next week and that was fine I gave myself a buffer if you don't it can be very stressful and creativity should never be stressful even if you do it as a job I just don't think you know we're so lucky as creatives whether you run a business in it or not we're just so lucky to be able to do it and it's amazing and I love having creative businesses as my income source as what I do it's it's absolutely amazing and I never want it to become stressful or hard work and it is so easy for the day-to-day business stuff for the administration for the the jobs and the running of a business or the doing of a job or the you know the managing of being a freelancer taking over the essence of why you do your creativity why do you want to create Um, and this is something you might think about when you're goal setting why do you want to create what does it mean to you why why do you have this passion inside you to make stuff and share it with the world these are things to sort of look at but giving yourself space gives you time to play and roll with the fun stuff and you know if somebody says to you oh I'm going to a gallery next week do you want to come with me and I'm saying this as we're just about coming out of lockdown and I have seen a few people in different countries going out and visiting country um, uh, museums and galleries and doing things for the first time I've even been to one myself now which is amazing and just giving yourself a little space to do that fun stuff. Oh, it's just so inspiring. And, you know, if you do find yourself tired or burnt out by creating space, you give yourself time to relax and rest and recharge. Also a hugely important part of achieving things creatively. So I feel I've shared a lot. There's a lot of things I've covered today. I'm just going to quickly recap the things that I've touched on. So the first thing I would look at doing is looking at goal setting, doing a vision board or a list of three to six goals for the coming year and maybe some, you know, long term goals as well out there. So you've got some long term things to work on. Then each year you take yourself a step forward. Look at annual planning those goals into your life. Look at weekly, monthly planning, a calendar. And for me, that that manifests as a actual physical notebook. I would look at time blocking in terms of your day-to-day activity so that you can really get some of those creative tasks achieved. I also then talked about leaning into your personal preferences. You know, roll with how you work 
Um, you know yourself better than I. I know myself fairly well now. Um, so for me, that means I'm a night owl. I kind of lean into that. And give yourself some space. There's a wonderful book by a lady called Stacey Bloomfield called Give Yourself Margin. And I would recommend that. And I'm hoping to have Stacey on the podcast um, later in the year. But that book is really, really wonderful at encouraging you to recharge your batteries before you create, which I think is a really um, important thing. So I hope that helps. Um, and I hope it doesn't make you feel super overwhelmed or um, intimidated by all of these things. For me, organising myself in this way helps me to achieve things creatively, but still have time to have fun and to have time with family and friends, even if that has been virtually over the last year and a half. Um, so yeah, it, it's not one all about creativity today, but it's one hopefully about managing your time, managing your energy, setting yourself goals so that you you give yourself all of the best opportunities to create and to assist yourself to create, which I know that from friends and colleagues that I talk to who are artists, illustrators, designers, you know, business owners, freelancers, this stuff generally has to be done. We need to goal set, we need to plan, you need to have time with your family, you need to have time to recharge, you need to have time to hopefully go on holiday and you need time to work, you need to set aside time to work, you can't be interrupted every five minutes, things would never get done, you'd never create your painting if every five minutes you're interrupted. So I hope that helps. If you have any comments or feedback about this podcast or any of the podcasts that you've listened to so far within this series of Creativity Talks, I am always open to feedback. I'm always open to suggestions as well. So if there is a burning topic that you would like to see me discuss or a burning question that you would like to ask me and you would like me to answer, again, please send it to me. You can send it to hello at susanyates.co.uk and you can find me online at susanyates.co.uk as well. Or you can search for Creativity Talks as well on Instagram or myself. On Instagram, I'm learning lino cut, bit random, it's a historical name, but I do a lot of lino cutting, so it kind of makes sense. Thank you once again for listening. It has been fabulous to talk about this. It's the first time I've really shared how I organise myself and my creative businesses, so I hope this is a interesting and helpful insight. It's a bit of an overview. It's not an in-depth guide, but I hope it's a, a little bit useful. And if, there's, if you just take away one tip and roll with that and it helps you, then I'm a very, very happy lady. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Creativity Talks. To see the show notes and to find out more about how you can get more creative, go to www.creativitytalkspodcast.co.uk or search for the hashtag creativitytalks. If you enjoyed the show, please let other people know about it by sharing this episode or the podcast webpage. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. All reviews and recommendations are deeply appreciated and help to ensure that I can continue to make more episodes and inspire as many people as possible. Take care and stay creative.